You're listening to episode 105 of the God-Centered Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with Allie Worthington, author of the book, Breaking Busy. Um, busyness, I believe, comes down to um, a, a feeling of, of worth. Um, we live in a culture that says you have to be more, you have to do more, you have to achieve more, and what happens is we accidentally get an unhealthy cycle. So the more we do, the more people praise us for what we do. And that's, a, that's, you know, that's not inherently bad. So what happens next is the more we want to do to get more praise. Until all of a sudden we realize our schedule's crazy busy and we don't know how we got there. But when we seek our value in other people or place a value in what others think of us, we lose sight of what we're placed to do on earth. Um, and that's how we get so busy. So I really felt like it was important to go through the book and break down all the little ways that busyness creeps up in our life and really steals, steals a little piece of who we are and who we were created to be in the life that we were created to live. So today we're getting God-centered about your schedule and not really looking at how to be better at time management, like Ali said. What if what you're doing now is keeping you from something great God has for your future? That was Allie's story. She was leading a big conference and she heard God tell her to stop. And you can hear the rest of the story today. I also love this question Allie has us answer when we're looking at our calendars to kind of filter out what should stay and what should go. Speaking of going, we talked through creating a stop doing list and I'll, list and I'll share one thing I'm going to stop doing this year and what I'm going to do instead. And if you don't know you're busy, we'll share some signs that you may be too busy. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Allie, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi there. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thanks uh, for having me. I'm so glad to get to talk with you. We have never met, but I have watched you from afar as um, another conference head, and I've watched your story unfold with the outside perspective, but I never knew the inside story. So I was excited to get your new book, Breaking Busy, and to hear a little bit more of your story, and then to have you come on and share it with the listeners. So before we get into all that, I'd love if you just kind of introduce everyone to your family. Oh, sure. I have a big family that sometimes scares people. <laughs> um, my husband and I have five sons. They Yay. are seven, nine, 11, 14, and 17, which means Every flat surface of my house is covered in books and Legos and smelly sports equipment. <laughs> and if I'm going to be honest, a little bit of dog hair. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> I have four boys. Did you know that? Yay. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I, yeah, I can't, the smelly things are just starting to happen. And I'm like, oh okay. no, I, they were really crazy and wild when they were little. I never thought about what this is going to look like when there's a lot of them making smells at the same time. Well, Santa actually included some odor eater powder in my oldest son's stocking last Christmas. Let's put it that way. <laughs> very wise. Very wise. We uh, we may have just purchased some, um, what is it, Old Spice uh, body oh, wash. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally, totally get all the Legos and this mess and the smell. Um, we'll need to have a whole other show where you advise, advise all the boy moms on how you do that. Um, so... Okay, you wrote this book, Breaking Busy, but what kind of led you to the place where you needed to write this book when you found yourself at the end? Well, a few years ago, my husband and I 
we were both working full time. He was working at a hospital as an administrator. I was running my own business, which meant I worked all the time. Yeah. Uh, we both hosted a small group in our home. We both taught on Sunday morning. He coached peewee football. I mean, mm-hmm. from the outside and from Instagram and Facebook, because that's how it always is. I'm sure we looked like we were having the time of our life. Mm-hmm. I was burnt out um, back, in, back in about 2012. I was at another conference, the Catalyst Conference, which is a, a leadership conference out in California. And I heard clear as day in my spirit from God that I was supposed to quit my conference, my event. Mm-hmm. And it took me, oh, it took me a year yeah. to get there and to obey and and really live the life that God wanted me to live, not just stubbornly hold on to this busy, crazy life that I had built for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and then sharing the story naturally naturally just flowed right out of that. So you hear from God, and, <laughs> and you write you write in the book. You heard from God, quit Blistum, which was the name of your yes. conference. Which was it's a it was a big deal. I mean, it was a it was a big deal conference. I it was in Dallas the last year you had it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and which is my hometown. And I had lots of friends go, and I came to see them at the hotel, and it was a big deal. You had major companies come. It was not a small conference that you put on. And so you had all these people depending on you. And so it's not something you could be like, well, I'm going to quit watching Parenthood (laughs) TV show like nobody else. It doesn't affect anybody else. It affected other people. It was it was actually quite awful because at the time when God told me to walk away from it, my husband had retired. So wow. okay. he because we were both so busy, the first step was one of us deciding, hey, one of us has to be f- focused in on the kids. There's just there's too much going on. Um and and that was my husband. Mm. So I was in California. I I heard that I had to quit and I I just wanted to throw up, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So on the flight, on the way home, I'm I'm literally praying and telling God that I need signs. And then on the drive home, I'm telling God that I'm going to be a, a great submissive wife. And it's all my husband's responsibility to choose. And if he tells me that I can't quit, well, I can't disobey my husband. You need right? to respect and honor him, right? right? Yeah. Because right? right. in my mind, he's totally my out because he's you know, even killed by the book, Mr. Spreadsheets. There is no way he's going to say, who needs a steady income? <laughs> All these, all the staff and employees and everything you have, our family, let's just throw it all to the wind. Mm -hmm. So I sit him down and tell him what I heard. And he said, I guess you better go ahead and call Barbara, who is the co-founder of the event. And, um, and that was it. It, but it still took me a year to obey after that. A long, miserable year of disobedience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm sure people listening, although they may not be hosts of a major, major conference, they can relate to maybe hearing something from God and being like, was that God really? Maybe, maybe I'll try this or maybe I'll go to this person and they'll tell me, no, 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 no. That wasn't really God. Yeah, I'm just going to put this fleece out in the yard. Yes. Let's see. Let's see. I'm not sure about this, God. And what I've learned is when I hear something in my spirit that surprises me Mm. and challenges me, it's very often God asking me to do something that stretches my limited capacity of what I even think I can do. Mm. Um, Mm. And it's one of those things that just stops you in the track and your tracks and you go, Oh, darn it. I'm pretty sure that was God. 
No, and, and God being God, he will keep reminding you of what he wants you to do over and over and over again. Your sermons at church will include little hints. You know, you'll you'll open up Proverbs and there it is. You'll have a counselor come to you and go, I was praying for you. And for some reason, I'm supposed to tell you X, Y, and Z. And you just go, oh, for Pete's sake, I can't <laughs> avoid it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I love that about God. He loves us enough not to let us go. Mm, that's good. Yeah, he does. And, and I don't think he desires us to be... <laughs> as busy as we make ourselves, even doing the good things. Like you said, doing the small group, teaching the Sunday school, going and going and going and doing all the good. Well, and sometimes, especially as Christians, we feel like we are, you know, (gasps) selfish. Right. If we don't say yes to everything. Right. But sometimes our calling requires us to pass up lots of great opportunities because no matter how great it is, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. It won't produce fruit. You know, Jesus was busy and fruitful but he let a lot of people down. Mm. People always wanted him, but Jesus was like, no, guys, let's get in the boat. I need to sleep. I got to go up and pray. Yeah. Um, but there were always people that wanted him, and he could have burnt himself. Well, he's Jesus. He's not going to burn himself <laughs> out. But you know what I'm saying. But I mean, the fact that he is Jesus and we know his capacity, because you do talk about capacity mm-hmm. in the book, is God. <laughs> his capacity is God, <laughs> the most yeah. capacity you could have, and he chose solitude and he chose yeah. to pull away from people and he chose to limit what he what he did for others mm-hmm. even in his time here on earth because he did have physical capacity like a human exactly. he's both god and man but we can get in theology yeah i think that that's a really i think looking at jesus and how he spent his time because okay so you have the conference you decide to quit yes blistum so what does that look like then? So your husband's retired and you quit that. Were there other things that you guys said no to or how did you how did you move forward from there? Well, I did what everyone does and when they're not quite sure career-wise what's next, I did consulting and coaching. Okay. okay. <laughs> when anyone's in a period of trans- transition, it's consulting cuz Yeah, I'll just help somebody else do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then and then I did that for about a year and a half and then um Christine Kane um, who is a global Amazing. evangelist, came to me and insisted that I, I was the person who was going to help her run her new ministry called Propel Women, which I'm doing now, which I told her no repeatedly. Mm. Um, and I, I used the chapter in the book on decision-making to talk about how I actually fought through that decision. Because I think decision-making, whether it's big decisions or little decisions, is something that really paralyzes us. Mm. Um, We want to make sure we're going to make a smart decision, a wise decision, and one that we don't look back on later and go, oh, I can't believe I did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can't just be the logic or looking around at what other people have done. Right. (laughs) Because it, it... your that story in itself, and I'm sure people can relate to having stories where it doesn't make sense, them giving up one thing and then the way God brings another. That's not the logical route, but, but he can bless us in like, again, like ways we could never imagine if we follow. And I had to come to, I had to come to this decision in my life when it, when there was nothing on the horizon career wise, and I was supposed to walk away something, walk away from something and step off into the unknown. Mm. I had to make the decision that I wanted what God wanted for me more than what I wanted for me. 
Mm. And had I not made that decision when it didn't make sense, I wouldn't have been in the position to be doing what I'm doing now. If I was still running Blistem, um, I never would have had the, the capacity to write this book. I never would have been able to say yes to Christine um, with this new ministry if I was still you know, run, running the old event. So as with everything in life, when you look back on it, it makes sense. And you go, oh, God was leading my steps every step of the way. Right. But when you're going forward in it and you can't see anything past that one step, it's a truly miserable experience. I think sometimes we don't talk about enough how difficult, how awful, and how miserable some of our in-between stages and experiences mm. are. Right. And I really wanted to be kind of vulnerable in the book to say, hey, this was terrible. <laughs> um, because it's easy to gloss over things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people would say, wow, you get to work with Christine Kane in this amazing ministry. And they wouldn't know all the steps that it took to get to that point. And that, that your goal wasn't that. It wasn't like you were, you were thinking the whole time. Well, if I can just work with Christine Kane and do this, that's yeah. would and write a book. I'm just really then I would have arrived. It's not like you made that your primary goal. You made your primary goal to follow God. Right. And that's he where had he took to, you. Yeah. He had to make me who he wanted me to be. Yes. And honestly, he had to I when I was running the event, I was a little too big for my britches. Mm. And I look back and I see that now. Like yeah. he he had to mature me. He had to develop me. I mean, it, God's in the business of development and perfecting us into wh- who he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So he he had to do that with me for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's still doing it now, just in different ways. No, I think that that is so good. I even remember um, an interview I did. I think it was like one of the first or second interviews I did was with the gal who was married and um, ended up, anyway, her, her marriage ended. But in the period of time of being a single mom of five, God like brought her to a place where she could be the right woman for her now husband and how in the hardest times, you know, I think Moses, he got kicked out of Egypt because he killed a guy. He's out in the middle of nowhere leading sheep. And then God reveals to him his next big thing, which is to lead a people out of slavery. And I think, you know, which is, you know, you're working with slavery too. That's ironic. But I think that those (laughs) are the hard periods. I mean, that was years and years. He was out in the middle of nowhere you know, not knowing what the next yeah. thing was that God had for him. So exactly. I think if someone listening is in the place where maybe they did break busy, maybe they gave up that thing and they're not as busy and they're just hanging around waiting um, to maybe lean in, like you said, to how God's changing you and making you the right person for the next thing. Absolutely. And in the concept, if it's okay, I want to talk yeah. about breaking busy a little bit. Sometimes we think that Breaking busy is really just about time management. Mm. And the thing is, there's been a million books written on busyness and time management. And if it if all it took was just a new way to organize your time, we wouldn't all still be busy. Right. Um, busyness, I believe, comes down to um, a, a feeling of, of worth. Um, mm. We live in a culture that says you have to be more, you have to do more, you have to achieve more. And what happens is we accidentally get in unhealthy cycles. So the more we do, the more people praise us for what we do. Mm. And that's, a, that's, you know, that's not inherently bad. So what happens next is the more we want to do to get more praise mm. until all of a sudden we realize our schedule's crazy busy and we don't know how we got there. Mm. Um, but when we seek our value in other people or place a value in what others think of us, we lose sight of what we're placed to do on earth. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how we get so busy. Mm -hmm. So I really felt like it was important to go through the book and break down all the little ways that busyness creeps up in our life and really steals steals a little piece of who we are Mm -hmm. and who we were created to be in the life that we were created to live. Yes, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think, you know, this now that we've started this new year, um, everyone's okay. How can I do this better? You know, it's not like a starting point, a new year. And, um, you know, what tips would you give them beyond just time management? What questions should someone ask themselves as they're analyzing their lives and how they spend their time and why they're doing the certain things they're doing? What questions should they ask themselves? You know, the the most impactful question that I've given women. I, I like to do this when, when I'm speaking to large groups of women. I have women close their eyes and ask themselves one question. What is sucking the life out of me right now? Mm, that's good. And it's not normally like taking the dog for a walk or having to play Monopoly with the kids, which very often that, that can be. <laughs> um, but normally it is something big. It's something that we've said yes to that we even knew in the moment we did not want to do. Mm. We said yes to a task, a responsibility, um, that it was easier not to disappoint the person, but Mm. to say yes to it, but then be miserable the whole rest of the time we have to do it. Mm. So it's that, it's that thing in your life that you would secretly be relieved if you didn't have to do it anymore. And that's a great starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my other, my, my favorite thing that I, that I like to share is about lists. Okay. As women especially, we all love to make lists. I have list upon list upon list. I'm the list queen. <laughs> but when we, normally when we start a new year, we want to we turn a new page in life, we make a list of all the things that we're going to do. And what happens is we get even busier and it just stresses us out. So instead of making a new list of things we want to do, maybe make a stop doing list. So maybe it's just two or three things that you know you don't really want to do anymore, things that aren't working for you. Maybe it's a task or responsibility, a behavior, whatever it is. Put it on a Post-it note, put it on an index card, and just remind yourself, these three things, that's not my jam. I don't want to do these. It's going to come up in my calendar. I'm going to be tempted to do it, but I'm just going to stop doing those things. Mm, And the stop doing list is way more powerful than any to-do list, I promise. When I'm thinking of mine that I would maybe write down, <laughs> which is the late night scrolling through Facebook in bed. Like, yes. why, why am I doing that? I yes. I mean, I'm an extrovert. I don't like to miss out on things. It's not, I just, I'm curious, what's everyone been up to while I was doing my day? And, but it, in that time I could be, so if I stop doing that, I kind of feel like I need to have a replacement that's a life-giving thing. Exactly. Something that recharges you because now here... And research says, I'm I'm a bit of a research nerd. I like it. Research says social media is used to make us happier when we use it to connect with other people. So if we're commenting on things and actively engaged, but research says passively scrolling through without Mm -hmm. engagement over time will actually steal your happiness. So, so for me, if I, 
I let myself get on Twitter, let myself get on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'm going to like things. I'm going to comment. And when I find myself scrolling through, that's when I catch myself subconsciously comparing. Mm -hmm. And when I start comparing, that's when I get depressed. And that's when I think, oh, look at that. That's so great. I need to do better on that. Look at how great her Christmas tree is. Look mm-hmm. at how great her Fourth of July decorations are, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I have to just catch myself and pull back and go, if I'm not going to use this to engage with other people, I can't do it at all. Mm. That's good. Yeah. There's a lot of just me scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to a friend just yesterday. I was like, you know, I haven't read a fiction book in a really long time. Like just a good story. Just got lost in a story. And I would love if that's what I did instead at night. I mean, that would bring me much more happiness than just doing what you said. Yeah. Scrolling through and not engaging. Fiction. That's a great idea. It's That's actually... Um, as I've re- did a lot of research for Breaking Busy for what what helped women especially feel happier and more fulfilled, that I heard from a lot of women that they loved reading fiction. And I went, fiction, huh? I mean, I'm a nonfiction girl. Yeah, I so usually am too. Never, never crossed my mind, but people just really dig fiction. So, yeah. yeah. I think that sometimes I can read so much nonfiction and it's all about like being better and doing better and um, how I could parent better, how I could connect with God better. I could live my life better. And then I kind of, you know, I think I sometimes need to give myself a break and just get lost in a story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are some signs? Okay. For me personally, I get that I'm too busy. Like I fully recognize it, but what if someone is not aware? Like they're like, well, I don't know if I'm too busy. Maybe that's for other people. What are some like telltale signs that people should look out for? Well, my number one, which I'm sure no one else has this issue, my (laughs) number one is uh, my emotions being out of control. Mm, When I catch myself, when I'm I'm really easy to snap or cry or just, you know, just be full of emotions, I know know that it's my schedule. And Mm. so I need to pray and I need to get to my calendar and figure out what's going on. I've learned that out of control emotions for me yeah. Um, normally come from out of control expectations I put on myself. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I expect myself to be all things to all people, not let everyone down. And all of a sudden I am snapping at my children and then I cry cause I feel bad. And that's just not good for anybody. <laughs> the whole cycle, the whole cycle, yeah, High expectations, I mean, failure, yelling. Yeah. And my kids are like, guilt. we just, we just really want to play Legos and hang out with you. Like, why are you freaking out? And <laughs> And that's because of all of this stuff I put on myself. Another thing is self-care. I used to just get up in the morning and I, you know, oh, I don't have time for for any Jesus time. I just got to get straight to work. There's too much to do. So Mm. I was a grump. Mm. Um, No, I didn't. I didn't put any effort into eating healthy. So I'd have a coffee and a Snickers bar at lunch thinking, oh, it'll be real quick. But by the end of the afternoon, I'm a caffeine crazed maniac because (laughs) I haven't had anything healthy. And so I had to learn that if I behaved that way, I was going to get sick. I was going to have, you know, constant colds or ear infection or flu or whatever. And I can't take care of anybody that way. Mm. And then um, for me, another big one was self-medicating. Mm. Now, I will self-medicate with carrot cake. I'll admit it. So I'll, <laughs> I'll also I was self- not expecting that. Carrot no, cake. No, no. Okay. I mean, 
Give me some carrot cake and cream cheese frosting and I will self-medicate. But I would self-medicate with like videos on YouTube of baby sloths. Or (laughs) if I was stressed out, I'd be on Pinterest for three hours. And I'm literally dulling out the stress in my life by just scrolling through the internet for hours on end. Um, So when, when I do any of those three, I know I need to just step back and, and just take a look at what I've committed to and get that back in line with the life that I'm supposed to live and not, not try to be super alley, you know, for all people and, and not let anybody down. You said, you know, I can't be all the, all the things to all the people and not wanting to let people down and having these high expectations. And uh, you kind of mentioned this before that in every chapter, your goal was to get to the point of um, where does our worth come from? Talk to us a little bit about how that plays into all of this. Well, when I was first deciding how in the world I was going to explain busyness and explain how we behave and what this modern life is about, um, I realized that I couldn't do it until I got to the bottom of it all. And that is finding our worth in Jesus instead of what we do. Because everything in this culture is about what we do, what we perform. And, you know, I love social media, but until our relationship with God is where it needs to be, no amount of likes or comments are going to fill our soul. Yeah. And when we are empty, when when we are needing what we can only get from Him, um, busyness creeps in. We try to find our worth in our relationships. We try to find our worth in our work. We try to find our worth in how much positive feedback we can get on the internet. I mean, I have a rule. If I feel bad about myself or I'm insecure or heaven forbid I need attention, I don't even let myself go online. Because mm. that's when you get those vague Facebook updates of just <laughs> needing attention or you know, posting a selfie for positive yeah. feedback. I'm just going to be honest about it. Yeah. So I had to go, you know what? That's on my stop doing list. If I'm upset, I'm going to chill. I'm going to talk to my husband. I'm going to talk to Jesus. I'm not going to go search for feeling better um, through through people. A lot of people I don't even hardly know. Yeah. But that has really become the norm in our society. And I I especially worry about our children's generation because that's all they know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I go to my kids' school a lot and talk to the middle school and high school girls. And I say, listen, all I ask of you is when you're upset, take 10 minutes before you go online, mm-hmm. please, mm-hmm. as a favor for me, because I'm watching y'all and I'm going to come back and talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was talking to my niece about this. She's in college now. And I said, I am so thankful that I did not have social media when I was oh, in oh high school goodness. and junior high, yes. because sometimes, and she's better now that she's older, but we were talking about how it would be better to maybe just journal it. Like maybe yeah. just journal it. And if it's still amazing tomorrow, then post it. But um, it can be a little melodramatic. can be a little... The, the, and then I've heard they'll delete it if it doesn't get enough response. Oh, yeah. That's just common. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. 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 Okay, so how is, like, thinking of our kids mm-hmm. with your boys, h- how are you helping them... So they don't fall into the same trap of doing and performing and finding their worth in all of that. Well, I think for boys, it's way different than girls. Mm. Um, boys, I, I t- they 
they will tend to try to find their worth online if we let them have a lot of access online. Yeah. Um, my my oldest son got on Twitter and was actually really good on Twitter. So, you know, lots of followers and lots of retweets because he's funny and he's witty. But it came to a point where I had a talk with him and said, this isn't healthy. Mm. You're, you think you're Mr. Cool Guy because strangers on the internet think you're funny, but this isn't who you are. Mm. And so, you know, I didn't force him to, but after a few months, he actually deleted his account. So wow. he sticks with Instagram now because he realizes like I was too much into that and I had this kind of false identity built up and I was ignoring people in my real life for these thousands of people on Twitter that I didn't know. Um, So it's really just watching them all individually. And also the thing with kids is they're all such individual little humans that they all fall into different traps. I have have one who's a perfectionist and wants to do all of his schoolwork right. And if he gets a B, he thinks he's a terrible person. I have one that's an athlete. Um, so it's always bringing them back to God has great plans for you. God has knitted you together, you know, in in the womb for great purposes. It's not it's not the internet. It's not art. It's not sports. It is this journey of uncovering who He created you to be and the life that He created you to live. Mm-hmm. And it's really just a, a daily practice and daily reminders. Mm. The same things I give myself. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, that sounds like sounds like a good message for all of us. The exact <laughs> same thing. Oh, wow. Okay, so Allie, where can people find you online if they wanted to keep up with you there? Yeah, my website is AllieWorthington.com. And on Twitter, if you tweet, I'm just at Allie, A-L-L-I. And Instagram and everything else, I'm Allie Worthington. And my book is Breaking Busy. And you can find that at BreakingBusy.com. Very, very cool. I'm so, I'm so thankful for you and I'm so thankful for you just sharing your story, being vulnerable in that and um, kind of helping guide us to, uh, to say no, to quit when God tells us to quit and to be ready to lean into him and find our worth and what he's called us to. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you very much. It was great to be here. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. So have you thought of that one thing that's sucking the life out of you right now? And you cannot say laundry. Your kids need clothes. But maybe they could help you fold them. That's what we implemented this week. And it was so helpful to not have loads and loads of laundry to fold at the end of my Monday. Uh, I don't know what your, your thing is, but I do know that God does have big plans for you and that you are valued and that you matter. And I know you hear these messages, but maybe you're just not believing them. I want you to spend some time with God today and have him Speak life over you. Let him show you how he's gifted you. What in your past, when you were a little girl, did you love to do? What in your days do you love to do? What gives you life? Those are the things that he's put in you for a purpose. And you can't be all the people and you can't do all the things, but he made you for a specific reason. And I know that lots of you are encouragers. I know I haven't spent time going over these reviews yet, but I do read them. So I wanted to give a shout out to Virginia Mom 247, thank you for listening on your morning walks. Irvin Lady, you have listened for over a year. Wow. Thank you for being loyal and just for listening. Um, while she's working, Paula Shu is listening. Thank you for your review. And JNF316, 
Thank you for re-listening. Oh my goodness. It's hard for me to go back and re-listen to the episodes when I have to edit them. So thank you for re-listening. Thank you, Glovey, for your sweet review. Um, Thank you to Zoe Pros in the UK. Yes, I am so glad that these episodes help you refocus. That has been my whole goal, to give us God perspective, to put on his eyes to let us see what he has for us today. Kitty Hurdle, thank you for listening. I'm so glad you found the podcast and that you listen while you're doing dishes and laundry. Awesome. That That's, you know, if you're looking for a time, when can I listen to my podcast? I just do it as I go. I listen as I work. Whistle while you work or listen while you work. Uh, and for Cat GFDGBG, which I had to admit at first, I was like, well, maybe her kid like typed in some random letters when she put in her username. No, I'm just joking. I'm so glad that this is your light at the end of the tunnel. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you today for taking time out of your day to decide to listen to this episode. You're doing a great job and God has made you for a specific purpose. Go and do it. All right. Talk to you soon. Oh, oh, oh. And if you're on Instagram or something or you find me on my Facebook page and you want to tell me what you're going to stop doing, I would love, you know, just tag me and use the hashtag Breaking Busy and um, I'll let Allie know. What are you going to stop doing? And and I think you can't just stop. What are you going to do instead? So let us know. Tag us. Let us know you're listening and where you're listening and what you're going to, how you're going to break busy. All right. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.